Good Life Practices, Cabbage Soup, Ice Cream at the Tavern, Redneck Ladyman, and so much more on this episode of Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily list of things which we find somewhat or completely awesome, that are somehow affiliated with today's date. It is the awesome things we've been introduced to, discovered, or rediscovered. This show is barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy the banter, and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Hello! Is that softer? Was that better? It's better. I feel like I'm being produced. Uh-oh. Which I'll tolerate until I explode. Okay, that's fair. won't take long. That is fair. Hey, welcome to Monday, June 8th episode of Awesome Today. It is the 160th day of this leap year, assuming that you, in fact, have adopted and used the Gregorian calendar. Mm Mm-hmm. If you've been a stubborn holdout and you continue to use the Egyptian calendar from the Bronze Age, then happy 22nd day of Feofi in the year 1886. Interesting. Yeah. That wasn't nearly as easy as you'd think to figure out. I'm sure it was not. I reached a point where I was like, this is stupid, but I'm so committed (laughs) to the task, I can't stop. You were already in it and Mm -hmm. there was no stopping it? Once it started. In addition to that, it is, in fact, National Best Friends Day today. All right. So right now, pause. Go tell your best friend. Or? Happy National Best Friends Day. Wait, what? Or don't. Or do. Before we get into all this. Yes. I'll give you a choice. A, B, A and B, or none of the above. You don't have to pick until I've given you the choices. So okay. Don't look so stressed okay, out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A, we participated in an amazing mass this morning, and there's potentially some things to talk about from there. Mm-hmm. This is Sunday for us, so it isn't the Monday mass, but some really powerful stuff there. B, we cooked a gamble of a meal today. Mm-hmm. We could talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. C would be some of both of that, or D, straight into the other stuff and forget all that. Let's do C, a little of both. Okay. Both and. Well, tell us about Mass. So we participated here in our living room where we've had Mass for months on end. Months. I feel like we've had more Masses there than anywhere else. (laughs) We listened to and participated along with Father Larry Richard, who is a priest- no S, or is there an S? Richards. I think it's Richards. You with would an know S. better than I. I think it is. Okay. Um, he's a priest in, I feel like, Erie, Pennsylvania. I could it's be wrong. Almost definitively Pennsylvania. Okay. And he's somebody that we enjoy listening to just give talks, but we'd never followed along as he um, said Mass. It's, we cumulatively. You're right. Because I have singularly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Um, this any- was pre virus. Okay. Anyway, it was very good. He does he says the mass in a very thoughtful, meaning-filled way, which yes. is highly appreciated. But his homily was fantastic. He addressed um, a variety of things, including the current racial upheavals in our country, and ultimately pointed us towards what 
what we as people of God are called to in that. Well, don't tell anybody what that is. You're going to have to help me out. In, what? To ultimately love is yeah. what it comes back to. Because today yeah. is the um, solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. So talking about the community of love that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But not solely by itself, our interaction with that. Yes. And so we, he kind of tied it in to this community of love that we participate in and take forth into the world. Mm -hmm. And what I heard, which may or may not be what anyone else heard, I may have made it up, who knows, is that in order to... In order to love truly anyone yeah. requires humility mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and ownership of truth. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to love anybody correctly, then first and foremost, we have to fully own the fact that we are flawed. Yeah. And that despite being flawed, that we also are lovable. Yes. Absolutely. You can't love other people well if you don't love yourself. You also can't love other people well if you assume yourself to be without flaw and error. Absolutely. Yes. So it's an identification of, yeah, I'm screwed up in the ways that I'm screwed up. It doesn't mean I can't love people still. It doesn't mean I'm unlovable. And then additionally to move forth from there and to be purposeful about as an individual loving and being encouraging to other people. Yeah. Um, especially I think when it's a forced thing, because quite often it is where we're so focused on ourselves Right. That we completely miss. It's not that we're horrible people or like, I'm not going to love anyone. It's that we're so self-focused. We miss so many opportunities to love someone. And then we look up and there's damn riots and stuff going on because, hey, we all got so self-consumed and so unable to love ourselves that we certainly didn't put that forward to anybody else. And I'm not, I refuse to spend much time on any of this current event that's going on because one, first and foremost, that's not what you hired us for. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, we're in a mess right now. We don't love ourselves and we're selfish. And if you want to make a real and lasting change, I, I really truly believe that the best way to get that started and for you to be heard at some level is to, Admit your own faults and love other people. And it doesn't mean you have to do anything ridiculous. You don't have to go out, put on sackcloth and ashes and crawl through the streets or whatever. Just be be the best person you can be to other people. Yes. That was his, the core of this, his message was own who you are, repent where you've been wrong and go forth and showing love to other people. And you don't have to be religious in any way, shape or form for that to be a valuable ad. Absolutely. Okay, now B is your gamble on a lunch Indeed. day. Something you've kind of been thinking about. I thought you were going to make this later this week, but then all of a sudden today you popped up and you're like, you yeah. know, I want to make a hamburger and cabbage soup. Well, a cabbage soup. Okay. But then we had hamburger, and as I thought about things, I don't, I'm not a particular cabbage fan. Are no. You? Despite my German ancestry uh, and the love of kraut, which is cabbage. Yes. I I don't eat a lot of cabbage. And so as I thought about cabbage soup, which was a challenge I wanted to accept. Yeah. I also thought, well, cabbage kind of sucks. What can we do to help it a little bit? Right. And hamburger was one of the things that we did to mm-hmm. help 
Mm-hmm. That's very good. Now, you had talked about not foreseeing the fact that this cabbage may elicit a certain uh, biological response in the people of the family. Yes. You're, you've been yes. anticipating that, but I have to An tell you. An airing of the colon. Yes. I have to tell you, we were, had been outside. I came back inside, it, and it, it smelled like toots had already begun. Now, well, I don't think they have. Cabbage itself. Yes and no. Smells. One of your daughters may or may not have blown up the bathroom. I don't think it had anything to do with the soup, but as I inquired as to the smell of the home, there were some blushed looks. Okay. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great note to yeah. leave off on. The old Our brown family. note. Yep. <laughs> there yep. we are. Okay, shall we get into um, our uh, tidbits? Let's shall. From today. Okay, June 8th, as we said, 1786. I'm going to have to start uh -huh. wearing my reading glasses. I even blew this up to 200%. All right. So. An ad appeared in the New York Post Boy newspaper. Yeah, evidently that was the predecessor to the, just the plain post was the Post Boy. Post Boy newspaper read, Ladies and gentlemen may now... Be supplied with ice cream every day at the city tavern by their humble servant, Joseph Cow? Cow. Cow. Co. Cow Co. C-O-W-E. Pronounce yes. it as you see fit. This was the first commercially produced ice cream, and that is way back in 1786. 1786. How beautiful is it that it was served in a tavern? It was. It absolutely was. Um, not served out of the overstock in the freezer at their parents' home, which oh, gosh. you have helped yourself to as a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you're going to make me do it, aren't you? Yes. Okay. So when I was a boy growing up, my dad worked for a regional, it was a multi-state Dairy, but not dairy in the sense that they milked the cows right. there. It was where the milk was sent to be turned into homogenized and drinkable milk and or ice cream treats. Treats and novelties. Yeah. In fact, uh, their little their little company was responsible for making and packaging stuff for Nestle. Mm -hmm. This is a more common practice, I think, than most of us realize, rather than Nestle have a thousand factories to serve the world with frozen treats. They will contract that out to regional areas to say, here's the recipe. You yes. make it, package it, ship it. Right. All that and give us a kickback. Yes. So anyway, when something would go wrong, which, hey, often does. It's a factory. People are people. They make mistakes. When something would go wrong, where are you? Where'd you go? You're in the backyard. Okay. The twins are hobbling up. One of them's hobbling, leaning on the, the brother. Are they okay? I think they're okay. Nobody's crying. <laughs> they're okay. You'll see them in the background if you watch, and you can be the judge as to whether we're negligent <laughs> parents or not. Anyway, when something would go wrong, wrong simply being this is not what can go out to stores and be on the shelves. Right, like the label could maybe mis be misprinted. The label could be messed up. There could be a weirdity in the ingredients, something that went awry. Um, and, this in and when that happened, you can't sell it, but you don't want to just throw it away. So they'd give it away to employees, different things like that. Well, one summer, they were making ice cream sandwiches, the old school kind that have that, that brownie-type Yes. Garbage crust, big rectangle yes. ice cream in the middle. They were making vanilla, but 
in in the bottom of this you know, thousands of gallon size vat of vanilla mixture they were put together, there was remnant, it hadn't been cleaned out, there was remnant of chocolate. So even though it tasted like vanilla, it was light brown, so they couldn't send that to the store. We had in our garage a freezer like the size of a of a, of a refrigerator. Yes, but it was just but it was freezer. purely an upright freezer, and it was literally filled eight shelves or however many it had, top to bottom. You couldn't have, you couldn't have poured water down in the gaps. It was so tight, full of ice cream bars, and that probably to this day is why I still love ice cream so much. I. You know the old deal where, you know, parent catches the kid smoking and they make them smoke the whole pack? Well, it didn't discourage me. I ate all the ice creams and I still wanted more. We literally ate like a many years supply of ice cream bars, my sister and I, in the course of not even an entire summer, like two months of the summer. I had to have been killing them like eight to ten ice cream bars a day. Yes. And did you get caught and in trouble? Only after they were pretty much gone. And it was one of those parental moments of, what the hell? And we're like, well, I, I don't know. I, I only had do a it. few. Yeah, I just had the one. <laughs> My sister's the fatty. I shouldn't say that. I didn't. I can't say that. No. Everyone, on. feel free to. I'm going to hold my hand up. Feel free to spank my hand for saying that. I said this as a child in the era before that was as big a deal as it is now. Okay. And I meant it from that perspective back then. From the childish perspective. And she wasn't. And she wasn't. She had no That's weight issues. It was me trying to dodge punishment. Right. Exactly. Have I recovered sufficiently? I think so. Okay. okay. All right. June so. 8, 1925. Yes. We have the birth of Barbara Bush, wife of our 41st president of the United States. Yes. Happy birthday, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Now. As I read and skimmed through things about her, something caught my eye is that before she was the first lady, being the wife of the president, she was, in fact, the wife of the vice president because he was vice president to Reagan first. And that at that time, she was the second lady by title. I had no idea. I've been an American my whole life. Had no idea that the vice president's wife was the second lady. I did not know. Which then my mind runs away. And it says, okay, well, if if that's the case, that it, that, and that makes logical sense, right? It does. I've never heard it before, but it makes logical sense. Then by continuation, if both president and vice president of the United States were to cease being able to serve, yes. because if the president's gone, then the vice president steps in, there's a succession, um, then next in line would be the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And so if that happened, if President Trump right now were unable to serve, Vice President Pence were unable to serve, then by by progression here, Nancy Pelosi, who is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, would in fact become the President, which would make her husband, Paul, the first man, though I would choose him to call the first call him the first lady man. <laughs> And mainly because in my mind, as it's racing through all of these contingencies, I can only see a redneck half drunk at a bar trying to talk trash to somebody saying, what are you looking at, lady man? And that's what I want to say to Paul Pelosi, even though I don't know him, I have nothing against him. 
I almost want to see all this play out just so I can live that reality. You can take the man out of the, out of the, the hillbilly, but you right. can't take the hillbilly out of the man. That's how it works. Okay. Yep. Interesting. All of that because happy birthday, Barbara Bush, another Gemini. Mm -hmm. Okay. June the 8th, 1940, American singer Nancy Sinatra is born. She is the daughter of Frank Sinatra and her song, probably her... Probably her most well-known song, These Boots Were Made for Walkin, was used by the FBI to drive the Colt Branch Davidians from their compound during the Waco disaster. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Wind of Change referenced with Noriega. Yeah. Music, and I can't remember the song they used there, but music being used to try yes. to drive him out of. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah. And so here's another more recent example of that. But then I'm thinking, well, I, I kind of like this song. I know, right? How, and quite obviously the whole, they call it the Waco disaster. Okay. Because what our know. government did did not go okay. well. All right. Maybe if they picked a different song. Maybe so. I did not know that it's officially called the Waco disaster. I'm well, just nervous. what I read not only called it the Waco disaster, they capitalized both Waco and disaster. Waco, I can understand disaster being capitalized indicates either a typo or in fact that this is a proper name for okay. that event. Have you watched the Netflix series that covers Waco? I haven't, and mainly because of my deep relationship with David's brother Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so out of respect for Adam. Out of respect for Adam. I can't go there. Okay. <laughs> Almost forgot about old Adam Koresh yeah. for a few minutes. Okay. Moving right along, June 8th, 1947, the Lassie Show debuted on ABC Radio. Mm -hmm. Of course, prior to television show happening, it was an ABC Radio show, the Lassie Show. Now, I have never listened to the radio production, but... When I was a kid was when Nickelodeon rolled out Nick at Night. Oh, yeah. And I believe that was included. Or, you know what? Actually, even preceding Nick at Night, as mm -hmm. I'm saying this out loud, Nickelodeon, and this is a long time ago in the 80s, in the afternoons would air old shows like Lassie. Black and White. Black and White. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that in a very long time until just now. So thank you for giving us yeah. Lassie, ABC Radio, and everyone else who was part of that production. Indeed. And the two things that crossed my mind. One is the full knowledge that nearly every episode was, what's that girl? Timmy's in a well? Yes. And, and so that's a constant thing. But then to know from this reading that the radio show was 15 minutes in duration meant everybody had to step up their game. Timmy had to fall in the well. Lassie had to get home. Somehow cross the dog-human speech barrier. We've got a creeper behind yep. us. Yep. Go play, please. That's always fun. That always helps the flow of things. Thanks, kids. We love you. I did remind them right before we started. We're going to be recording. We'll let you know when we're done. Yeah. Um, Press up against the glass. Yes. So. All right. Whatever Lassie. I said, who cares? You go next. Is it me? Um, no, it's me. Okay. It's stupid. I don't even care now that I'm reading it. I'm just disappointed that my whole flow got interrupted. I'm not a multitasker. <laughs> I don't do this well. But June 8th, 1948, the first Porsche or Porsche, depending on how you would like to pronounce it, 
was completed. 1948. I mm-hmm. am surprised by that. In my mind, the Porsche or Porsche is just like the seminal 80s sports right. car status symbol. So to think that it was actually, you know, first rolled off the right, line right. in 1948 is really interesting. There's, there's a valuable perspective, I think, in, in any time we look at the first thing was at the moment that that Porsche was completed, nobody knew what Porsche was. Nobody cared yeah. what Porsche was. They only cared that this was when the first one was completed after it had become an iconic piece of history. Okay. So it, I don't know. I don't know Porsche's history, but it may have legitimately been the 80s before Yes. Porsche was anything that somebody wanted. Exactly. That makes sense. All right. June 8th, 1949. We're just clicking through the years this yeah, time. All killing right. killing it. George Orwell's novel, 1984, is published. In that novel, the leader is known as Big Brother, and that becomes, outside of the novel and in popular culture and and otherwise, the sort of universal symbol or name for, identifier for, intrusive government and oppressive bureaucracy. Hmm. I'm glad I... Who could imagine those things existing? I was, I'm just proud that I said oppressive bureaucracy without assembling any syllable of that. Bureaucracy. And of course, Big Brother then went on to escape that uh, uh, way of being known and then became a reality of show course, that yeah. is a favorite of not just a few of our awesomes. Was that so, simply an effort by Big Brother to endear people to Big Brother by is. minimizing the negative? That's right. Big Brother went through a rebrand, had a glow up. And there you go. And now it's a reality show. Don't worry about the oppressive bureaucracy or intrusive government. Just watch our Come TV on show. in. The water's fine. Yeah. So that was 1949 when that novel was published. Okay. Well, June 8, 1961. We have Elvis Presley's film, Wild in the Country, being mm-hmm. premiered the same day. A few years later, 1966, premieres his film Paradise Hawaiian Style. Now, I can remember as a kid on our three whole stations of television that we were on rare occasion allowed to watch that it wasn't uncommon for an old black and white Elvis Presley movie to come on and that most of them sucked. Okay. To me. Yes. But looking at the the story now and the facts now, realizing that from 1960 through 1969, a 10-year period... He was making three movies a year. That's a lot. 30 movies in a decade. No one, I mean, if you edited all those together, you'd probably have three watchable movies, right? That's kind of (laughs) what we do nowadays. This feeds my preferential conspiracy theory that Elvis didn't die. He was just tired. Yeah. And he's living his best life as an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas. I think Tahiti. Okay. It's a magical place. Why wouldn't you escape to Tahiti? But that's a lot of filmmaking. Yes. A lot. In addition to recording studio albums and right. and doing concerts and whatever. So. Now, here, here's the thing. And I couldn't, I didn't have time or honestly motivation to search this deeply. I feel like somewhere I've heard, whether this is true or not, I don't know and I don't care. I feel like somewhere along the way, I heard that Elvis pushed into movies because his his music, somehow with his music, he was contracted in such a way that was deeply robbing him oh, yes. of, 
of the money. And so he was like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'll make movies then. Well, good for him. That was very savvy because the music industry was and is notoriously yeah. terrible to talent in terms of their actual compensation. Yeah. So It may not be true, all of this no, that no, I just said. No, I believe said. it's true. You but said it, I believe it. the scenario is real, yeah. one way or the other. So thanks or no thanks, Elvis, whichever it may be. Okay. Um, June 8, 1966. Ladies, you can dazzle yourselves if you're football fans or a person in your life that may be to, to say, oh, well, you know, in 1966 that the National Football League and the American Football League, which were two very separate things, they merged uh, in such a way that they were more or less similarly governed. And then at the end of that season, 1966, was the first Super Bowl. There you go. That's great. Fantastic. Thanks. That's where it all started. Yeah. Back in the 60s. Okay. This next one absolutely was stunning to me. This is this absolutely blew my mind. Okay. June 8th, 1977, a mere eight days before I was born, Kanye West. Kanye yeah. West was born. Yeah. I don't know Happy why. 43rd mm-hmm. birthday, Kanye? Yes, 43rd. Kanye and I celebrating that together this month. Him a little before you. A few days before. Um, in my mind, Kanye West is a lot older than me. I don't know if it's because of his charisma, his big personality. To think that he and I are literally days apart in age is so mind-boggling to me. I think he squeezed a lot more embarrassing language into a shorter time frame. And that makes You'd him seem surprised. older. You'd be surprised. You have not had me on mic my whole life. That's true. That's <laughs> said, true. I've said some embarrassing things. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> so anyway, happy birthday, Kanye, another Gemini. Uh, that was the most surprising fact that we have come across yet. Really? Since we started wow. doing awesome wow. today. Okay. okay. Let's move right along, though. June 8th, 1979, The Who... Released the soundtrack album for The Kids Are All Right. Who's the who? Do you know? They are a band. Was, are. Still are. I believe from what I briefly looked at on the Spotify's, they are still cranking it out. In my mind, I always always mix up The Who and Pink Floyd. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know if they make the same kind of music. No, because I always mix up, even listening to... I always mix up the Who and the Beatles because, especially during that era, they, my goodness, they sounded the same. Okay. Well, I stand corrected yeah. on all fronts. A lot of good songs. I, and I promise you, if you go listen to them, which you should, it's it's a celebration for them today. Yeah. Go listen to a few of their songs. You'll undoubtedly hear one or two that you're like, oh, I know that song. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, June 8th, 1984. The actual year, 1984, not the novel. Not the novel, the actual year. The movie Ghostbusters is released. That is that is a great movie. It holds it up. It is a great movie. And I have fewer degrees than seven bacon of separation. Seven bacon? Seven bacon. Seven bacon, Kevins. Welcome to seven. Would you like a Kevin? I don't know. Well, I don't know either, but I do. I'm pretty sure the actor's name is Kevin Bacon. It is it Seven Bacon, and it's Kevin Degrees of Separation. I'm changing it, whatever it was. That's okay. what it is. So right. my Kevin Degrees of Separation from Bacon and Ghostbusters <laughs> is in. Let me think about this for a minute. It would have been 2005. After the 2005 season, uh, we were recruiting. 
uh, for football. I was coaching football. We were recruiting and we were looking for defensive tackles. And we found a kid out of uh, one of the California junior colleges and his name was, was Ray Parker. Mm -hmm. And the defensive coordinator I was working with at the time, he's just a couple years older than me. So he would have appreciated and known Ghostbusters from his youth. And every time we would talk about or watch film on, on Ray Parker, our D coordinator would start singing the Ghostbusters song. Yes. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, because Ray Parker Jr. is who wrote the Ghostbusters song. Yeah, mm -hmm. and performed. A tremendously talented guy you looking into him you'd be shocked to know how many mm -hmm. how many things he's written and performed what a behind the scenes player he's been in the movie industry and music industry both yes and uh we're, we're chuckling about it all that well we bring we bring ray parker the football player in for a recruiting visit and we are literally all just jaw dropped to the floor as we tease him about this namesake and realize we're recruiting Ray Parker Jr. the third, or I'm sorry, Ray Parker the third, who is the son of Ray Parker Jr. that wrote the Ghostbusters music and played it. It was amazing. It was my brush with fame. Yes. That and he's a great kid and a great football player. And if by some freak chance he ever happens to hear this, Ray, I hope life is going well for you, buddy. He was a great kid for yeah. sure. Love that connection. All right. Round us out here. Okay, June 8, 2002. Serena Williams defeats her sister, Venus Williams, to win the French Open tennis title. This is, I believe, I believe one of the first times, or perhaps the first time, that Serena beat Venus. Mm -hmm. And all I could think about was, can you imagine like a family dinner in the hierarchical seating chart and everybody sits down and then dad's like, oh, um, sorry, Venus, could you scoot down one seat? And then bringing Serena over to the more favored seat because she, in fact, took over the power position in the family. Yes. Probably never happened, but it's fun to think about. That has got to be an interesting dynamic, though. Right? What Can in, you imagine? What incredible, powerful athletes both of those are. They are, and siblings are so competitive oh, yeah. anyway. Can you imagine that life of growing up and being, to be, to come home as Serena and be like, I'm second in the world. Like, yeah, that's great. Your sister's first. <laughs> <laughs> That would be tough. That would be. All right. Well, that's June 8th. Huh? That is June 8th. All the things. Okay. I would hope desperately that all of you might have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye. Bye. Being National Best Friends Day, you could risk calling your best friend. But what if they don't view you as their best friend? Then you have to find a new best friend. Then wait a whole year before you know if it's the real thing. It's too much stress. <laughs>